want to make money in mobile, you're going to have to monetize. And this week, we talk about all the different ways to actually attempt to make money with mobile application. From ads, in-app purchases, or just a simple paid application, we take a look at what works and what doesn't on this week's Merge Conflict. Frank, I did something really, really cool this week that I, I just can't not talk about, which is that I monetized ever my first application as a solo <laughs> developer. Whoa. Okay. So you're uh, independently wealthy now, great success, quitting your job and moving to the Caribbean, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, it's you know, that easy. You click the button. I don't know why, didn't click, why you didn't click the button sooner. <laughs> yeah. It, it's that simple, right? You just kind of put an app in the app store. You either throw some ads on it or you put it to sale and then boom, everyone has your app and you get rich and then you're done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could take the alternate route of do <laughs> click the button, but then wait two years to make a dime. So which go. one are you going to go? Are you going to go for the instant one or the two years? I'm waiting for the two years. I'm going to see how it plays out. <laughs> okay. So, well, Not so going to rush things. Yeah. Here was the thing is I've never uh, monetized any of my applications. I never really had a reason. They're all open source. I uh, just kind of do a lot of apps for fun. Now, when I worked at Seton a long time ago, we, of course, sold an application for $4.99 on all the different platforms. So I have definitely monetized an application. Right. Through way. a company when you were just a developer at the company. Exactly. Now, in this instance, I've had a lot of developers that I've worked with. They say, you know, should I just, you know, put my app on the app store for a sale price? Should I put ads in it? Should I do some supported thing, like some in-app purchase subscription? <laughs> um, it's gotten complicated these days. It used to be simpler. It used to be. And you have a lot of choices. So I went with a very simple, I was relaunching one of my applications that got removed from the app store. And I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to pick an ad network and just see how it goes. Like, because I haven't read any documentation on any of the ads. There's a lot of different platforms out there. And I went with some ads in my app. And I don't know how I feel about that, but it's there. And it's out there. <laughs> it's <now>. there. <laughs> it's on iOS. It's iOS only application. So that's pretty cool. Uh, first, congratulations. Welcome to the world of attempting to make money. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a brave and wonderful world. Uh, now, ads. Ads are kind of interesting. I've never actually done an ad-based app myself yet. So I'm actually curious about your experience. Are you willing to divulge which ad network you went with, or do you want to keep that hush? hush? No, yeah, I'll absolutely. I'll absolutely talk about it. So I have... Essentially, since it was an iOS-only application, I thought that I had three ways to do it. One would be to um, take uh, the Google Ad Network, which I thought would be interesting. That seems pretty interesting. Yeah, Google's kind of famous for their ads. Makes sense. Yeah, and I recently monetized my website with AdSense and some YouTube videos, mm -hmm. and that basically brings in no money at all. So I said, hmm, maybe I'll try <laughs> something else. I'm going to go look for another ad network. Now, there used to be the Apple ad network, mm -hmm. so but it's kind of defunct now, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of gone, I thought. So that was my other option. Yeah. I was like, Man, I think that Apple has one. Microsoft used to have one, and they don't. And I kind of kick myself because I actually thought for years, I should really try ads in my apps. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit opposed to them. It's kind of why I'm not a web developer. I don't really like ads. But at the same time, I thought, well, if Apple's providing, it must be super easy and they're going to be nice ads. But still, I never bothered. So I guess yeah. it's, I, I don't really miss that. Yeah. And it seems like to me, whenever I do, whenever I see Google ads, like there's, there's, the tr there's, interterrestrial terrestrial ads which are full screen they're just banner ads right and mm. um 
I decided that app, a full screen. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's terrible. Essentially. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, So I didn't do that. I just went with a banner ad and I picked a different network than I thought about. So the app that I'm monetizing is called social post and it used to be called post it. And uh, (laughs) that sounds like a familiar (laughs) trademark. Uh And, and, I, and, and after about two years on the App Store, I got taken down from a cease and desist from 3M. Uh, Welcome to the App Store. Welcome to the App Store, which I'm fine with. And I had it down for about a year. Now, this app does, it's very simple, Frank. It doesn't do much. There used to be, remember iOS 6? Mm, barely. There was a lot of linen. Try to mm-hmm. not remember it. So in iOS 6, there was a... You could swipe down from the top of your screen and from there you could post to Twitter or post to Facebook really easily. My God, that was a feature? I totally don't even remember that. (laughs) And a lot of people liked it because you didn't have to launch the Facebook or Twitter app, which uses a lot of your data. Yeah, yeah. So I came out with this app that replaced that feature and there's now Uh, a widget. Yeah, so you can swipe over to the left and there's a widget to tweet or post, which will launch the app, Mm -hmm. which has nothing in it except for a big button that says tweet or post. (laughs) Um, And you can customize the colors and do a bunch of stuff. So there's just one banner ad. And actually, I like these simple direct apps. Mm -hmm. It does one thing or two things, (laughs) but it does them well. (laughs) Exactly. And I figure if people are going to use this social post app for things such as Twitter or Facebook, what if I use the Facebook ad network? Oh, fascinating. Now, I've Mm -hmm. advertised on Facebook, which is actually a pretty decent experience, but I've never touched their ad network. Mm -hmm. It's called the Facebook Audience Network. And I have also (laughs) done Facebook ads, and they're extremely expensive. And anytime you click Uh, on a Facebook ad, it's crazy expensive. (laughs) Yeah, you can set limits. (laughs) Yeah. So so I thought, well, maybe this would be good for my mobile application because they're already like, because all those other people are spending lots of money. I want some of theirs. <laughs> exactly. And at least how it works on Facebook, I think to even have the advertisement show up, the person actually has to have the Facebook app installed and like it does some weird. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So I think it's reaching into their social graph to pull info. It's possible because apps can shell out temporarily to another app and as long as that app doesn't take control of something i guess the screen wouldn't flicker hmm, I guess, i'd have to look yeah. into that that's some I'm not weird sure. stuff yeah but anyway it are, it's just a library you pull it into your app though right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, th- and this was one that was already bound so i didn't have to do any work it was a component it was actually just a nougat package i think it was just a nougat package i installed and done that was it, it was that's super, it that's and it. now you're rich <laughs> Um, so, okay. So let's ask some details now. Um, okay. The banner, uh, it goes at the top or the bottom. You get to choose or there's multiple screen sizes and they have recommendations Mm -hmm. based on iPad or iPhone. You can do rectangle, you can do square. Mm -hmm. Um, you place it wherever you want. There's really no real, um, (laughs) real. And it's, it's an overlay, right? So you're hiding something with it or did you somehow integrate it? So you're not losing any of your UI. Yeah, so I integrated it. So I use okay. some auto constraint things in there. That really <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. So cool. you, you essentially add it as a sub view to your main view. Um, Sounds pretty easy. It's just like a custom control that you would put anywhere in there. And yep. it shows up like it shows up okay. in the simulator. It does like a default banner ad. So you know that it's working. And mm-hmm. it took literally... 10 minutes to implement it kind of blew my mind uh, to be honest 
Well, I, I, I've always hoped that that's how easy they were to integrate, given how many, uh, like, you know, not so hot apps in the app store are riddled with ads. I had to figure it was pretty easy, even though I had no experience with it. Yeah. Uh, pretty good to know. Uh, signing up was easy, too, I'm sure. Uh, signing up for the ad network. Now, yeah. the big question, how often do they pay? How do you track anything? Are you going to change your app to serve your ads better? What yeah. do you think in these days? Yeah, so that's what kind of gets interesting. Why I wanted to bring up this topic is I wanted to kind of get your input on it too. Now, this mm-hmm. application is really simple. It's a single screen app. It doesn't really do much. Um, so I'm just going to see how it rolls. They pay out every $100, so maybe I'll get money in five years. Um, <laughs> but I have a more popular application called Meetup Manager, which is used by mm-hmm. a few thousand people. And this application has multiple screens. And I obviously don't want to put a banner ad on every single page. I want to put it on pages where, you know, you're not going to be bugged by them is kind of my thought. So maybe when you're looking at statistics, you know, things that aren't, you're not going to put in front of your, your user's face when you're checking people in where there's a lot of real estate. It's like just, if Mm -hmm. the UI is just a list, Mm -hmm. you could put at the bottom of the list, for instance. I'm just not feeling like you totally get the idea of ads here. (laughs) I think they're supposed to be in your face and obnoxious. That's the whole point of them. Well, yeah. Okay, you're you're going for tasteful ads. Okay, that's honorable. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going for tasteful ads. Now, what I'm not doing is I'm not going to do an in-app purchase to remove ads, which is probably what I should do. That was going to be my next question because it it almost... I don't know. I'm on two sides of this. So one part of me actually does like the idea of the free app with ads and it's free. Just do the ads and then a whole separate app that's, you know, $4 or $10 or something that you really just want to get rid of these ads. I think it's, I'm fine with those, but it it feels like, I don't know, maybe you should have an in-app purchase to get rid of it. Let me start over. If you want to have a paid app version of it, if you want to do that extra work, I really toss and turn between whether it should be within the app that you upgrade or if you have to go back to the app store. I can't decide myself. I think that old school days, when you think about the old school days of monetization, you really had, so you really had two, well, you only really had two options. It was a paid application mm-hmm. or it was a free application and a paid application, right. you know? So I think that it always bugged me where there was a pro version of an application. And as a developer, I hated it. Okay. No, no. Because as a developer, I was okay with it. It Didn't really? As a developer, I I don't want to manage two apps. No, no. As a developer, I would never do it. It's way too much work. I think that's why I lean towards the in app purchase. But as a consumer, as a user, I guess it comes up a lot with games, right? I'm trying to think of all the places I saw it, but um, it always made sense. Here's the free one. It looks like a web page. <laughs> and then here's yeah. the good one. Well, and, and to me, it's like there's, is it, are you going to put all features in all in both applications? Or does a pro have special features? And then to me, it gets into this nightmare. You have of, a continuous integration server and it sets a define and it generates both apps simultaneously. <laughs> probably at some point it, it could. And that would be, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of work. So I think that nowadays. I, we I have, think the modern day. Yeah. You have to do an app purchase. Uh, yeah. Well, that has got to be a marketing reason, though, because it still comes out, right? We still see them apps that say free across the top. We still say free apps and pro apps that come out across the board. I think we're seeing more and more in-app purchases. I think that about two years ago, it became super crazy popular when when people are like, oh, 
like in-app purchases have less restrictions and I can just do remove ads mm -hmm. or upgrade to pro and it'll remove the ads, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but again, that's a one-time purchase. And I think, I know these applications I'm building don't have a backend, right? I don't have a server to maintain. Yeah. Like it's kind of cool free money if it happens. Coffee money. Coffee money. But, but if I had ongoing, years. yeah, if I had ongoing costs and ongoing fees, I think that a single app purchase to do that is not really going to help me that much. And no, this is for with, sure. You know, uh, yeah, you kind of have to go. Well, Apple does have subscription models. Does Google have subscription models? We do now. Yep. Yeah. The Apple one's a little fuzzy on which app types they actually want you to support, but I think the language is purposely fuzzy so that you can mm. kind of most likely get your app through on a subscription system. But yeah, that's a whole different ballpark when you're actually maintaining a server. In that case, you have to charge monthly or yeah, blast it with ads. Or blast it with ads, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, because at that point, yeah, if you have your own server, these are ongoing costs and if Five years from now, you have these high costs still for your server, but no one's buying your app anymore, then you, what do you do? I think that's a problem. And I've heard a lot of <laughs> different independent app developers that are like, yeah, so I had to, you know, kill my application and uh, remove oh, it from God. the app store. Yeah. And that's a whole I'm other episode, just... I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've already had talked about how I hate running servers, but just the fear of servers and the fear of always having the money there ready to provide for them. That's a little scary too, that thought. And, and, and Personally, I've avoided it. And I think that I think it's almost better to have a free application. I know, Frank, you have a lot of paid applications, so it may be different from your perspective. I do, my perspective, but mine are a little different, so go ahead, sorry. Yeah, my perspective is that when I buy, oh, me, I'm an app developer, so when I buy a $5 application, if it works great for three years and then stops working, I probably won't get mad at it. Um, if, a, you know, but I'm not the avid well, consumer. The avid consumer, once they buy something for $5, they're going to get very mad at you if you stop supporting it. Yes, they uh, do. And they'll come back mm -hmm. and leave you low stars, even though they've used the app for years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and now if you want to kill your application, that's fine because the application will be gone. But I think it's more intriguing to get this ongoing revenue. And surprisingly, it was really simple to implement, um, and which kind of blows my mind. Now, I don't know if it'll make any money and we can do a retrospective on it later, but you've yeah, gone general, through routes. Oh, I've, I've, I've tried a few things. <laughs> you've tried a few things, Frank, yeah. I'm not as creative as I would like to be. I think um, when you... When you actually have to pay next month's rent on your income, you actually become a little conservative. So I, I read about like A-B testing this and that and, you know, trying different pricing models. But the fact of the matter is me personally, I'm quite conservative. And I actually stick with the old early mobile way, which was you charge a price in the beginning and you just kind of rely on new customers to keep you going uh, because you're not getting recurring money from your existing customers. It's a it's a tricky one. <laughs> it's a little worrisome because uh, you can have a really good month and then you can have, you know, lots of bad months after that. And so it's not steady income. So my whole professional career, I've always wanted steady income. Like I totally understand why Microsoft and Adobe and everyone has switched to subscription systems. It's just so much better from an accounting point of view. Yeah. And a surviving point of view. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But like still office, on the right? Yeah, office. You subscribe yearly now, or monthly, or whatever. Yearly, yeah, and you don't. You can still buy it out of the box, but it like almost makes no sense because it's way more expensive, and you're not going to get app updates. And the idea is ongoing. The app should improve and get better. 
Right. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But. I don't think you can quite do that on the App Store right now. I don't think that um, uh, the wording is something like you have to show significant features in order to charge a subscription. So technically, if you're really like a power coder and can keep delivering features without regressing anything, then maybe that can work for you. But yeah. in general, the model that I follow, even though I haven't followed it, is you charge for version two and then you charge for version three, you charge for version four. It's kind of the old mm -hmm. software model. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, every time there's a new version, a new rev, you significant features significant ui work then yeah i think you can justify recharging your customers now are you able to actually initiate that some way on the app store because without not at all a new skew no you can't right no no it's terrible mm -hmm. and then you worry about old skews you know there's always people on old hardware so you don't even want to take the old one down so you have to worry about people getting confused between the new version and the old version so it gets a tiny bit ugly to be thoroughly honest and I, that's why the in-app purchase model i think is better as in um you start with an app and you can buy features as features come out it just seems so what's the show black mirror or whatever it just seems so like dystopian future to me like all this nickel and diming everyone uh john roderick calls it all these eels attached to your body they're just sucking at you <laughs> all these yeah. nickel and dimings it, but it, it's, the it's world. scary it's scary because if i look at it from a consumer point of view Man, I already pay for Netflix. I already pay for Hulu. I already pay for my internet. Like these are monthly recurring services. Mm -hmm. And then, wow, if like all my applications, all of a sudden I got to pay 99 cents a month here. I got to pay this. I'm already yeah. paying for Google Drive. I'm pay, I got to pay for, you know, Twitter client. I got to pay for this client and that client. Like I understand that developers are trying to have a living, but from a <laughs> consumer space, we have hundreds of apps on our phone and they all try to yeah. charge us, you know, whatever. But that's why I do appreciate the one-time purchase ones. And now that I think about it, now that we've spoken this way, I'm starting to appreciate the ad-based ones now, too, because they're not nickel and diming you. They're just constantly annoying you with this ad, but it's mm -hmm. a constant. It's not an up-and-down game. You just know it's going to be there, and you move yeah. on with it. Uh, you get this <laughs> different feeling, but when you purchase an app, you're done. You know, I already spent the money. This is the app. It's going to be like this until the operating system breaks it or something but <laughs> it'll be working it's fine exactly and if from a from a actual um, developer's point of view what's interesting is yeah so if you put in an in-app purchase into your application to remove the ads and it's 99 cents cool you've just made 60 cents but now you will no longer ever get ever. ad revenue from that user right which is Bad. scary it's yeah tough. Yeah, this is why I said I'm very conservative because there's always pros and cons to every approach. And yeah. the truth is, it probably depends mostly on your audience, uh, your user base. Like, if I'm writing a game, game people expect a certain thing. If I'm writing a medical app, doctors probably expect a certain thing. And so the right monetization model most likely just follows from that market. But yeah. God, yeah. figuring that out, like, I bet you people could get degrees figuring that stuff yeah. out. <laughs> and, and I think it's even different on each platform, too. And I like to talk about that a little oh, bit more. That too. Mm. Yeah. But let's take a break. You want to take a break? Ooh, I love take breaks. First, first Why are we taking a break? Taking a break because we have a very special word from uh, our first ever Merge Conflict sponsor. I'm super excited we about it. We have a sponsor. We have a sponsor. Uh, if you listen to the last like episode. Up. 
we have grown up. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. We talk about building applications and you and I personally, we talk about how terrible we used to be about, you know, every time I commit code and I want to push it, I want to, you know, actually get, you know, my tests yeah. running and actually deploy it to people. And I used to do that all manually by hand. I don't know how you are, but um, I'm over that. I'm over it, it. It's the tests. I, I'm over running tests by hand because I never, ever remember to run them. I'll work on some code. I'll check it in. I'm like, that code's great. And I'll totally forget to ever run those stupid tests. <laughs> Yeah, I am. And I'm all about continuous integration and continuous delivery of applications, because to me, it's like this is all stuff that I don't want to do manually. I don't want to have to say, hey, Frank, here's a new email, of this new build I built, you know, um, <laughs> that I had to go build up manually and sign on my machine. I want it to be all done for me, you know, automatically, like automatically. something a robot could do. Exactly. And that's where BitRise comes in. Uh, we both use BitRise. I uh, love BitRise. Uh, personally, I found them almost a year ago, fell in love with them. And they're essentially everything that you need for continuous integration and delivery for your mobile applications. Uh, and even some of your libraries, if you're building libraries uh, for iOS and Android. And what's really cool about BitRise and what I love about it is they have this workflow generator, um, which essentially gives you everything you need to automate building, testing, and deploying. And what I like here is that they have tons, like dozens upon dozens of integrations with your favorite services. So if you want to integrate Slack, Twilio, uh, Hockey App, if you want to do bumping of your version numbers, those are steps along the way. So you build these powerful workflows up, right? And I actually have one. I built one for Android, uh, bumping the Android manifest. You can build your own and you just, you can, you can put it on their little um, workflow generator. I think oh, that's my cool. favorite feature of BitRise, actually. Mm -hmm. So not only do they have this very long list of workflow steps, any of which you can add to your app, but they're all open source and they're all pointing to GitHub. So at any point, you can see exactly what version of that step you're running. You can go see the source code for that version, figure out why maybe it's not working for you or whatever, figure out how it works in detail, maybe even contribute back and make that step even better. I love it's, that part of it. It's, yeah, I've had that people you know, giving me feedback and we increase these things. It's super easy to make. And BitRise works with anything. You can automate any of your iOS, Android, and Xamarin applications. And it takes just minutes, whether you're using Bitbucket, GitHub, your own private repositories. You just have code somewhere living. You point it at it, and it automatically figures out what type of application it is, what solutions are in there. If you're using Xcode and Android Studio, it doesn't matter. It just builds it. They have private storage for your key stores. It's great. And it even um, works on Mac. You don't get a lot of mm -hmm. CI servers that work with Mac. So it's quite wonderful. Yeah, and it's all cloud hosted. You don't you don't have to maintain your machines, right? You just, boom, oh, thank you build goodness. it. It's all in the cloud. On the cloud, BitRise handles it for you. You pick the stack you want, whether you're on beta, whether you're on stable, what version of Xcode. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I highly recommend everyone check it out. It takes minutes uh, to learn more about BitRise and to help support Merge Conflict. Head over to bitrise.io slash mergeconflict. There you're going to find a super exclusive promotion code. Uh, resolve conflict is the code. Resolve hyphen conflict is the code. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's pretty great. Making. Resolve yeah. hyphen conflict. <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, you get $25 off when you upgrade to the pro plan. They have a free plan, but if you want to upgrade to the pro plan, which, which I'm on personally, um, $25 off. Um, great deal. Check out bitrise.io slash merge conflict. Thank you, BitRise. Yes, thank BitRise. You're awesome. Uh, and so we're publishing things on multiple operating systems. And you have some Mac apps. And I wanted to ask you, Frank, mm. specifically, I am doing 
advertisement and monetization on mobile apps. Have you found yeah. it different on desktop? Uh, yeah, in that you don't really get ads on the desktop. That's more of a mobile thing. It's more of a mobile and web thing. Uh, the desktop is the more old-fashioned land where you charge big prices for big version numbers. The bigger the version number, the bigger price should be. It's the old model. It's just what I was talking about. It's the one that I prefer. And that's kind of why I love releasing Mac apps is because it, it, it is such a simple system. You uh, you charge a you charge a sustainable price. You know, not you know. I, I see a lot of new developers come out and they release their app for a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, and that's a little bit fun in the beginning because you get a lot of sales and you, you feel like people are seeing your app. But you quickly realize how many people need to purchase your app at three dollars a piece in order to live off of, and it's ridiculous. Uh, so. You really can't survive off these low prices, but on the Mac, on desktops, you can still charge the higher prices and be able to sleep at night. Yeah, it seems like it's always been a race to the bottom on on, oh. on mobile, which is sad. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> well, do you think we're at the bottom? I think we're at the bottom because we're all kind of ad-based and free-to-play now. But gosh, I miss that old world. Yeah, I think that um, at least on mobile side, I think it's it's uh, nearly impossible to release a paid app. I mean, when I look at you can uh, release in the, in the pro fashion, right? If you do the pro fashion, I still think that you can do it because yes. if you look at games, like let's say Sonic, like Sega releases a Sonic right. game, they have a free version and they have a paid version. And at least on a big brand name too, I think can get yeah. away with it. But yeah, yeah, please go ahead. But he, but here, what's interesting is that if you look at the download count, which you can see clearly on Google Play, mm-hmm. yeah. which you can't do on Apple, but you, you can, can get a rough guess. Yeah, you can get a rough kind of estimate on on different things. But if you take a look at it, what's interesting is there may be like 10 million downloads for the free version, and then like 10,000 for the paid version. Oh yeah, it's so, so many orders of magnitude. The difference between free and not free. I mean, mm-hmm. even free in a dollar, it's orders of magnitude. Yeah. And and then in the free version, they're going to have, and even in their paid version, I think they still have like in-app purchases and a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to Games. me, it's like, yeah, to me, it's like, hey, if you're going to do that, I think the route of doing some sort of unlocking, if you want, instead of doing a pro version, if your pro version is only hiding the ads, like just make that an in-app purchase. And I think that that will probably it's going you know, to be that's a little disappointing but it's a game and i think we've all gotten mm-hmm. this current expectation that games can be terrible like that i haven't seen any pro apps do that i think most pro apps just flat out say you can pay to remove this ad yeah i, I can't think of any terrible ones <laughs> where i haven't been able to get rid of the ad or anything like that i'm a big fan there's there's a few uh, there's a few there's few still surviving applications out there that do pro only which is like um, i use pocket cast for all my podcasts because it's the best. Like it's it's so. Just what the do you best. mean, pro only? Oh, I love Pocket Cast too. But what do you mean by pro only? They, there is no free version. Oh, that means pro only. Oh, so pro. I have pro only apps now too. Yes, yeah, so you have pro only apps where that's wow. it's only. Did we just app. change the English language in the middle of this podcast? I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, pro apps, pro apps. Because... <laughs> pro apps mean you pay. Okay. And it was interesting to me. I remember I bought it on Android Pocket Cast, and I'm like, oh, this is mm. great. And I go, hmm. I wonder if they have a web view. Like, can is there a website that I can go to? And they do. They have Pocket Casts, and you can log in, and then you have to buy their web version. 
too. Wow. Yeah. That's a topic too. I think we're we're mostly focusing on mobile monetization, but I got to say one of the reasons I don't write web apps is the monetization over there seems weird. You have to do ads it seems like and the ads are really low paying. So it's kind of crazy and cool to hear that they went for that leap of actually purchasing a web app. Kinda and I did them. And I did, it, did and it. It works. It works. Ah, support the model. Good. <laughs> I was, I, and it was because I think for that type of application, there's on Android, they're like, listen, we're going to be the best podcast application. There's a hundred other ones on the app store right. that have millions of downloads, but we're the best. Hmm. And we're everywhere. We're on iOS. We're on Android. We're on, on we're your on desktop. The web. Yeah. We're on the web. Where a lot of those other ones are only on Android. And they're like, we're everywhere. You got to buy it three times, though. You know, they're honest. Like, you got to buy it three times. And I'm like, okay, oh. cool. Five bucks. I don't care. Yeah, that becomes an issue sometimes. I always feel terrible. I'll, more often than I would actually really like, I get a lot of people that email me. Oh, I bought your Mac on. I bought your app on Mac. Could I maybe get the iOS version for free, or vice versa, or other things? And it's especially bad when you have something like iCircuit, which is on a million platforms, and you have people that use a million platforms, and they'll say, mm-hmm. "Look, I've bought this thing three times. Do I really have to buy it the fourth time?" The answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a limitation to them. And I explained to him, I'm like, I'm look, it takes me time. Like, you know, supporting this is not it's not trivial. It's not just like a code generator pooping out another app. Exactly. Um, I, I have yeah. to spend time. Even if you're making something with Xamarin Forms or even something with another cross platform UI, like if you're building a great app, it still takes time to put ads in multiple of them. You have to support them. You have to test them. Testing, you have to like, just testing. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot to do. <laughs> just that by itself, yeah. yeah I have we pretty ran, good, uh, <laughs> whatever, go ahead. Yeah, we ran into that same issue, to be honest with you, when we launched My Media Center years ago. Yeah. Um, we had it out on iOS, Android, and Windows Phone day one. And then later on, we released it on Windows Desktop, Windows Store, and they were all four ninety nine. So each of them were four ninety nine apps. And mm-hmm. that was the number one thing. And they're like, hey, you know, I have it on Android and I also have iPads. And I'm like, you gotta pay four ninety nine. Like yeah. I can't I can't link them together, right? You could <laughs> you could you could have a, f- a free version that then you have a in like that back then in app purchases yeah. were really difficult. This was six years ago. So Things were a lot different back then. and um, Well, there were some weirder things back then, too, as in uh, people used to separate iPhone and iPad apps. So, like, the iPad app would be more expensive and, what you know, it's just more expensive, basically. Uh, But I've personally always taken, I've always written universal apps. So, you pay for the iPhone, you get the iPad. So, I feel like I've at least always done a tiny tiny bit of bundling for people. Maybe that's just helping yeah. me sleep at night, but <laughs> I'm trying to help out that, a little bit. I always thought that was good because in that instance, you're getting um, on Android, you get, you know, you get tablets and mm-hmm. tablets and, and phones for free. Like if there's a TV app, that would be actually separate, just like Apple TV would be separate, I guess. But OK, but you're forced to do phones and tablets that it, it doesn't separate the two. That's right. Uh, you can. Uh, yeah, sure. OK. You, yeah, <laughs> you store can go level, in, maybe at, yeah, at a store level in your app manifest, you can say that this mm. app this application only supports phones. Right. And I don't know, it just gets really tricky at that point because then the app store is like, your app's not compatible with this tablet. And you're like, oh, yeah. weird. This strange. Well, this is actually a place I think kind of Microsoft got it right. At least they have the unified operating system. It, mm-hmm. 
actually, you know, wow, it's all going through my head now. It's tricky, though, because if I want to release a pro Windows app and I want to charge what I call the sustainable price before, so, you know, above $10, $10 or $20, $30, you don't really want to charge that for mobile, right? You want, like, free-to-play and ad-based for mobile. So it's tricky yeah. when you're doing these universal apps when they're all when you're covering all the different platforms because, as we said, uh, each platform has different expectations. I think so. Yeah. It'd be really hard for you to, oh, I'm going to make this amazing application that works great on all platforms and it's 30 bucks and you're like, whoa, whoa, crazy. Yeah. $30 for a phone app. What you could do with a UWP application is you could release the app multiple times, like change the SKU. And what you could do is unsign things like, you know, multiple times. And then in, when you upload it to Microsoft, the app store, you can say like this app only supports phone. Like even though it supports everything, okay. you could say only right. make this visible for phone. Okay. So they have the same trick yeah. as Google. You can limit it. You can limit it that way. Yeah. But it's in the app I store. I think you kind of have to. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That'd be hard. That'd be yeah. hard. Yeah. I don't really want. Well, I guess Microsoft's even releasing desktop ad based software. What Does the weather app still have ads in it? I think it probably does. Um, I think so. I think all of them do. I think ads are the way yeah. to go, even on the desktop. Like the, the desktop. Oh god, I'm gonna have to swallow my uh, what elitism or my what? I don't even know what it is. I just hate ads. Yeah, and and that, that's what's sad about it is you know even ads on the web. So I use something called um, Google Contributor. I don't know if you know about this at all. No. So I did a blog post on Mott's rights a, a little while ago, like two years ago, and it was in beta. But what Google Contributor does, and I hope that they do this for mobile at some point, it's kind of like YouTube Red in a way. So Google Contributor, you pay, I pay $6 a month. Mm-hmm. And, and you can specify how much you want to spend. It's like your cap limit. So I do $6 a month. And what that does is it turns any ads that are on AdMob on my most popular websites, and you can be really selective, but I just have it on any website I go to, whether it's on mobile, whether it's on the desktop. Mm. And what it'll do is it will replace the ad with either a blank image or in my instance, I have it do a picture of a cat. Um, so okay. all the ads get turned to, to From cats. a different ad network though, right? Or is, or is AdMob part of Google? I don't know. That's Google. Google ad. Oh, they are. They are Google. Okay. They are Google. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were removing yeah. competitors' ads. It's like okay. no, no, no. So just no, Google no. ad. Okay. But okay. Yeah. Here's the cool thing about it, Frank, is that every time an ad is replaced, that ad, that website, still gets paid. Right out of the fund that you paid into. Fund. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, if I don't spend six dollars that month, they don't charge me six dollars. It's whatever it goes towards it. Oh, fascinating. Do you get rollover minutes, sir? <laughs> so yeah, and so like at the beginning of the month, what they'll do is they'll charge me six dollars and they'll refund me the difference or oh, whatever, whatever the difference fascinating. is. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you have YouTube uh, Red, if you have YouTube now, Red for YouTube, then uh, which is like Google Play Music and YouTube Red, mm-hmm. which is ten dollars a month, which I have, then there's no ads on YouTube anywhere, which is amazing. But just on YouTube, it's not the ad network or anything. Yeah, just on YouTube ads, whatever they have, probably AdMob. But so they don't have anything like that for apps. Oh, okay, I was just asking. <laughs> so that's not on Android, huh? It doesn't block no. there? Okay. No, right. no, that would be amazing. That seems like something that's Android. coming. That seems very future and like we're just a year or two away or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I would love that. And then you could be on a per app basis where you want to see ads or don't see ads. And 
it's one subscription, right? I pay one oh. subscription, but then Frank's still getting money. I'm getting nervous now because now I'm thinking the YouTube model, like how much time do they spend in your app? And maybe that's proportionate to how much you get. But now it's just the ad, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, oh, I don't know. Oh. It could get weird. Could get weird, people. <laughs> We're all just in the entertainment business. Yeah, you don't want to create features just to serve ads. I think that would be no good or or things where you drive people like you want people in your app. Right. And that's actually almost the downside of having an Apple Watch app or having extensions that you don't have ads there. So they have Mm. to launch your app. You could still do ads. It's just not as easily as uh, putting a big banner ad in there. In yeah. the like, I'm thinking of the webs where a blog would do kind of a what do you say? Like an integrated advertisement where it seems like it's a part of the blog itself or all the video bloggers out there will do, you know, paid for episodes paid for by sponsors, but it seems like a normal episode. So it feels like the future, maybe people will start integrating ads a little more seamlessly into apps. And that'll be a really scary future. Kind of like how the Twitter client just puts ads as if they were tweets. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be, I mean, that would feel feel more natural. It's like when you're watching television and there's, there's commercials, but then literally in the shows, there's, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, wow. The future is scary sometimes. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're at the start of something. Um, whether it's good for small indie devs or not, we'll find out in a few more years. But I think we're already starting to feel the crunch. People figure out monetization models. People experiment. For instance, I, I don't like ads, but in some way I like the ad model. So I did patron supported in Kelka for iOS. And for me, that struck the right kind of balance where... I had an ad, uh, but the ad was just a house ad. It was just an ad for Kelka saying, look, you're using the app. It's fine. It's free. The app's free. Mm -hmm. Um, But, hey, I am an indie developer, and I could totally use your money. If you want to see upgrades and support me, then here's a bunch of buttons you can click to send me money. And that model, I I, I like it. It just feels honest whether it makes a hundred percent business sense is up in the air but from i don't know i just like it i think if you have a application that is calling out to like developers or the techie crowd i think the avid consumer is not going to give you any money like they're just not mm-hmm. going to do it they're like why am i you giving know. you money for nothing um, it makes no sense i would be a fool to send money for something i already have exactly yeah. but for me, I'm like, oh, Frank is an amazing, like, I maybe don't even know Frank, but like, I really like this app and I can understand that he's an independent developer. So maybe I'll give him a few bucks, like a Patreon um, yeah, type, exactly. type website. You know, I want to support him. And, and I think you see that in things like Twitch in YouTube and these other big things where you're getting these followers. So if you get followers yeah. for your applications and you can be have patrons essentially that help you out along the way. Yeah, the model came from the YouTube, but we keep bringing up YouTube, <laughs> but uh, it seemed that the wonderful Google ad network doesn't always pay all the finances if you're a video blogger or something like that. And so a lot of them opened up Patre- Patreon specifically accounts, but patron based accounts. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be kind of working for them. So I think there will be a place for it in apps also, not just video. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to take in, a lot to uh, to attempt to figure out. I'll, I have no idea if I'll make any money. I assume not, but I think it was a good uh, 
hey, you know, let me try something new. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to try something new. And if the ads make absolutely no money and people give me lower review scores for it, then I could take them out, right? No big deal. I gave it a shot and I yeah. uh, I could see what it is. But I think most people have now gotten used to uh, gotten used to advertisements in ads. Yeah. ads. Uh, so it's probably okay. It's probably okay. Yeah, um, I, I don't think anyone's going to give a low review for a free app that has ads just because it has ads. I mean, it's an expectation these days, I think. Free equals ads. I think so. I would love to hear what, uh, what yeah, I would love to hear what people, um, our, our followers have done, what's worked well. Um, just, you know, send us a tweet when this thing goes out at mergeconflict.fm. Uh, yeah, but I, I especially would too, yeah. because I, I'm conservative and I know if you're anything like me, you hate talking about money, but just your rough experience with like how a, a monetization model worked out. It's a fun conversation to have. So yeah. hit us up somewhere. Hit us up. We have some buttons at the top of the website. If you just want to send us an email too, and you go to mergeconflict.fm. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's about it. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, definitely let Ooh, us know. That- that was more painless than I thought. Like I said, I hate talking about money, but <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everyone have fun putting all those ads into your mobile applications. And until next week. I can't week, wait. I can't wait. Until next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.